up, everybody? So first podcast uh, for LL. Um, we got Mackenzie Duncan here. Obviously a natural choice for the first podcast. We've been working with Mackenzie, and he's a close friend for a couple of years. Thanks for coming in, dude. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. What's up? I know you're sick, so appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, it's been a, a rough little that. week. Well, I guess it's Monday, but you yeah. know, leading rough up weekend. to the Monday. Yeah. Now the weekend was good. Nice. So. Well, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to see yeah. you. Yeah, you too. Um, so... I think, I mean, we've talked obviously at length about both of our like lives and transitions and both the stuff we've done from like business and that. And I just thought it would be really sick to kind of share a little bit of your story because it's yeah, yeah. not something that you really put out on online or have like maybe shared anywhere. Yeah, I'm a little bit private on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So appreciate you doing that. So, yeah, I mean, take us back, man. Like, I know uh, you started out, what? 10 years ago? Well, how far back do you want to go? You want to go like childhood back or like beginning a career back? Uh, wherever you want. I mean, start it where you feel is natural. Um, start like, where, how did, what inspired your interest in ph- photography? Yeah, first, well, like, my dad, my dad casually shot outdoor photo stuff, film, obviously film back in the day. Yeah. So there was always old cameras laying around and I was always really into art and sculpture and painting and just always making things. And so I think it kind of is a natural creative outlet and the, the, the tools were laying around. And then in high school, it just seemed like a really easy elective. <laughs> <laughs> but I think also often things that are easy are what you're actually passionate about, yeah. right? Like if surfing comes easy to you, you're probably passionate about it. Yeah. Um, so I, I stumbled through that in high school and in hindsight, the photos were pretty garbage. <laughs> and then my photo teacher, I think it was my photo teacher, actually took me to film school to like as an option instead of university so I ended up going to film school and studying graphic design with a little bit of filmmaking in it so you didn't study, didn't didn't study, study photography. photography and then came out of that started doing graphic design and it was all well and good for the most part making what I thought was really great money as a <laughs> 19 year old in hindsight may not have been but enough to pay the bills yeah and I was being creative and I thought that was really cool and then a year or so and that went by and I was just I was grinding and sitting in front of the computer all the time and really not enjoying it and I hadn't really learned how to communicate and work with clients very well at that point so there's I was just I was dreading every day of it Uh. and so I took off to Costa Rica actually for six months and just lived in a tent and cooked over a fire and started (laughs) surfing and I did the whole trip I think it was two thousand dollars for six months including my eight hundred dollar flight so you left so you had this like little career set up doing (coughs) your graphic design stuff yeah working for yourself uh, yes. Well, I, I took a six-month contract developing a piece of software, and then I moved out to Montreal, actually, and kind of while all this was going on, co-founded a not-for-profit. Apathy is boring. Yeah. That one that's actually still going, which is amazing. Um, and through all of that, was doing the design side of all of this, and then I just kind of hit a wall. I didn't really understand why people spent money on traveling. I had been saving up my money and yeah. to buy a house. I had this really classic life vision in my mind, looking forward to the minivan and going to soccer practice and stuff. Really? <laughs> no, I, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's like, but that was kind of that. like what I, that's what I thought life was yeah. in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. And I, I heard about all these travel stories and I was like, that seems like such a waste of money. Like you spend all this money and you get nothing, right? And, and then after Great. a while, I was like, what am I doing with my life? Maybe I should try this travel thing out. So I took off to Costa Rica and did that. How did, um, um, how did parents feel about that at that time? Oh, they were stoked. My, yeah? Yeah, my parents were super supportive and opened all that stuff. And I was paying for it. So it's not like I was yeah. taken from the parent bank account to go travel. That's a different story. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just, I didn't bring anything with me. I had no camera. I had no cell phone at the time. Was, I'm a little older than some of the folks probably listening Man, to this. a little bit like my yeah. little story. To yeah, yeah. There at the start, and yeah. Um, 
and it was great. I just camped. I bought like an $80 surfboard and I hitchhiked everywhere. And then I eventually, I made my way up through Nicaragua into Mexico and I was like up halfway through Mexico, not quite like a quarter of the way. And I, I was really ignorant when it came to how flights worked. So I had a flight from Costa Rica and I had a layover in LA and then Vancouver. And I assumed I could just go to LA and get on. So I called them and they're like, no, if you don't get on in Costa Rica, they cancel the whole leg. And I was like, oh shit, what do I do? I'm in the middle of Mexico. So I ended up finding a bus ticket for $48 to LA from Southern Mexico, which was, it was something like 52 hours. And then I found a Greyhound ticket from LA to Vancouver and that was like $29.99. So I spent, I think I spent 96 hours on the bus. Holy shit. It was so disgusting. That's ridiculous. And I met some super from fa fascinating people. From Mexico to Vancouver. From near, um, near Zihuatanejo. Okay. Yeah, all the way up. Yeah. Wild. It you was. scrapped the flight. Yeah, because I, I was like, yeah, I'm going to spend the same amount of money or more to get back to Costa Rica yeah. and I've already done that leg of the journey yeah. and I felt like, well, let's try something new. It so was pretty crazy. You went from a dude who thought travel was a waste of money to a 96 hour bus ride. Yeah, and, and the th interesting thing is I came, I went back to Montreal after that and I was hanging out with my friends and the, I was a really, really shy kid growing up. Like wouldn't, I knew the answer in class, I wouldn't put my hand up because I was still too shy. And so spending that much time by myself traveling in a country or a part of the world that speaks a different language than my native language was really brings you out of your shell. Like yeah. it's kind of make it or break it. And yeah, once either. you realize you can do that, you're like, oh, I don't have anything to be fearful of in the world. That's like traveling yeah. by yourself in general. You're yeah, totally. Incredibly lonely or you go talk to random people. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, I think it, it starts, you get incredibly lonely and then you hit a breaking mm. point. Where you're like, okay, I'm just going to go. I got to go over there. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. So I did that. And then through that journey, I was kind of on that soul searching mission and just decided I wanted to shoot photos. And I had met an actress actually in Costa Rica. We were staying... I think at the same campsite, she's from Montreal, and she used to model, so when, when she was younger she was modeling, now she was acting, and we linked up for lunch, we kind of kept in touch through email, and she's like, let's grab lunch, and I was telling her how I wanted to get into photography, and she's like, oh, hold on, and she makes a phone call, she's like, oh, here, do you have like an hour to spare? I was like, yeah, and we drive over to this guy's studio, and she links me up with him, and I start assisting with him, because she used to shoot with him, and so that was my first assisting gig, and I just... I remember going on set, I was the third assistant, and we were in this big, half-finished industrial loft. It was super beautiful with like cast iron stairs looking out over the canal in Montreal. And we had all this expensive furniture and these models, and and I was like, this is crazy. And I didn't drink coffee at the time, and I was kind of the third assistant making coffees and sweeping the floor. Yeah. And I was like, this seems really obnoxious. Like You don't really need me on set. And then as I kind of made my way through that journey, I realized that there is room for all these extra hands on set yeah. and like it is important <coughs> to have someone to do those smaller tasks because everyone else actually has a lot on their plate as well so that was kind of my first assisting gig it was three or four days long and I was exhausted it was like 12 or 14 hour days and um it was awesome so what what so like sparked it. that I mean interest to even ask like what got you into the idea of doing photography at that I point? think it was just I realized I, I loved creating like a 2d visual yeah. of some sort whether it was painting or something in the graphic design digital world and but I realized what was missing in graphic design is I like people so as shy as I was I like working with a team mm. and having multiple kind of brains on a problem so the part of photography I love the most is being on set with a bunch of different people and we're all working towards a common goal we've kind of figured that out and communicated that to the team and yeah and we're all working to get there 
that's the part that fills me up the most. I don't really enjoy retouching and like sorting files and naming files and doing all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's important, but that's not the part that gets me excited. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where my brain went with that and yeah, just started assisting and going from there. Yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I like from the outside in, I guess it's always the story of photography is kind of like, you know, I started taking pictures and I was super inspired. You kind of went about it like a totally different way. Like you were following a creative journey, so to speak, and that's yeah. like sort of where it landed. Well, I still, I shot photos on the side of graphic design, yeah. but I never, I was never confident in the way that I thought it could be a career. Yeah. And then I don't really know why I thought it could be a career. I just assume, I think my thought was if someone else can do it, I can do it. Right. So you went from and assisting and then you got pretty good. Went from assisting, moved to Toronto, kept assisting, yeah. worked for free a ton. I was still doing graphic design, so I was kind of paying the bills with graphic design, but was sort of presenting myself as a photographer. And then I rented a loft, like this super ghetto loft in the east end of Toronto. It was so gross and so awesome. And you could hear everything, like this conversation our neighbors could hear <laughs> sort of thing. And um, got some lights off Amazon and started shooting. And so I'd go like assist and kind of watch how they did it. And then I'd go back and cobble together a little team of people who were kind of at the same level as me. And we'd shoot some tests, like pitch them to magazines and just like try and figure it out and learn through doing. And that was kind of the journey. And then picked up my first client because I was actually assisting. And the photographer at the time, the shoot didn't work out at all. So the client fired the photographer and asked me if I wanted to shoot their next thing, which I called the photographer first because I have and had a lot of respect for him. And um, he's like, yeah, man, do it. I, I kind of screwed up that day. So great opportunity for you. So I got my first client and it was super stressful and screwed up a whole bunch on that and then worked for them a lot over the next... I don't know, six months or a year, and that kind of... screwed up that bad then. No, no, I, I, I screwed up <laughs> just enough that it was okay. <laughs> yeah, and but learned a lot. I was, like, self-producing everything. Got I was in New York, like, trying to cobble together. I didn't even know what a producer was at the time, and that's when I found out what a producer was because I ended up with a producer in New York yeah. helping me get things together, and then we went to the Bahamas and did a whole bunch of crazy stuff. So it was a bit of, like, a meteoric rise after that? After that yeah, it was a bit of, like, taste. throw in the fire. Yeah. Yeah, it was good, though. It was a lot of fun. Sweet. Yeah. And it led you to, I mean, I'm pushing you along here because I kind of know, I know you're, I know, mm -hmm. this, I know where the story goes, but you it, led you, <laughs> it led you to working for some pretty big ass. Yeah. Well, it led me into a lot of fashion right. stuff for a while, yeah. which was fun and like traveling like crazy. Like I was on a plane every like one or two times a week, which was pretty insane and working a ton. And, and that was great. I was really enjoying some of the creativity in the fashion world. Like you can, you can do a lot, but the Canadian fashion market's super safe generally. Mm. So I ended up in a very commercial style, I guess, which I wasn't super stoked on. And yeah, I hit a bit of a burnout there and and then just took off for a while. Bought some old motorcycles, went on some epic road trips, bought a little... So actually, oh, go ahead. No, so yeah, so talk, talk me through that point. Like you're, you had this like meteoric rise, you're working in New York and Toronto from picking it up like only a few years before right no that was still like five or six, five years, or six in. years yeah so i been grinding for a long time yeah. it felt like in hindsight it's not that long but yeah i was doing that and I, I just wasn't i wasn't feeling fulfilled at all like there was days when i was behind my camera being like what am i doing with my life and then i'd be like oh great job and then like back behind my camera yeah. like when is this done but you're cr you're crushing it like from anybody else's perspective yeah i was doing well and like in a lot of ways was super successful but yeah it just wasn't i wasn't getting filled up right i was feeling out of alignment with how i wanted to live my life i wasn't living near the ocean i wasn't in nature at all i was like living part-time in harlem and part-time in toronto 
and uh, yeah, it just wasn't doing it for me. Yeah. And I kind of started, you start to crumble a little on the inside. Yeah. I, I think that, that that's kind of yeah. where that started. And then, yeah, and it got, it just got to a point where I'd, I had a few little motorcycles I was ripping around town on. And then I was like, you know what? I sh actually, my buddy Joel, I totally forgot about this. My buddy Joel was, I ran into him somewhere. I went to high school with him and he was like, hey man, you want to do this epic motorcycle trip like across the country? And I was like, yeah, dude, that sounds great. But my, I had little motorcycles, like 360s, like yeah. dirt bikes basically. So I went and bought a, an old 76 CB750 and that was the bike, a similar bike that he wanted. We were going to do it on these old Hondas. And then he ended up, I don't remember why he bailed, he ended up bailing. And so I had this Honda that I bought in Long Island, New York, and I drove it up to Toronto. And that's when he bailed and I was like, I got to get this like I got to do this anyways so I drove that by myself out west and I forgot my cell phone at a wedding so I had no cell phone I had a little backpack just with a laptop and a sleeping roll I didn't even have a tent just a tarp that I would like string over my bike drove out west to here and then drove down to LA with that bike which was super fun just kind of a little soul searching thing and bought a little point and shoot Fuji because I'd been shooting with that big 70 to 200 almost all the time yeah. so it was like a change your tools change your perspective a little bit it's kind of like riding a longboard which you'll get to one day <laughs> when you're used to riding shortboards yeah. it's like a whole different experience it's in my 20-year plan yeah yeah <laughs> i know so you do this massive trip motorcycle back to i guess the roots of your first trip kind of yeah end up tent. yeah and end up in la and enjoying la and then I'd also, kind of an aside, started a furniture company in Toronto. So I ended up back there, kind of running that on the side while still doing photography a bit, but still unsettled. And then moved, moved back to LA again. So I think, I think the question that like we get, I get the most is, you know, these big trips and living all these different places. Every, the first question everyone asks is always, how do you afford this? Yeah. And working yeah <laughs> and actually, I know that's the answer but yeah. like, you know from everyone from like so many people looking out from the ins like outside yeah, yeah. in it's like well I work and like I can't afford to do this yeah yeah that's you know? fair and so I mean yeah I mean I was making pretty good money in Toronto yeah I had built a career I gave up a lot to do that and I prioritized traveling so that was where a lot of my money went and I just made it work. I think that's the key too, right? you prioritize traveling. Yeah, like I could have been going out and spending $100 at the bar a couple times a week and like buying the latest fancy clothing, but uh, I, did, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't, uh, I just chose not to. I still did a bit of that, but um, yeah, just made sure to keep money in the bank enough to go travel and, and you can travel on the cheap too, like that motorcycle trip, I think I spent like $150 in gas or something across the country. Yeah. This is like this tiny old thing is like yeah. if, you, if you live like a, a dirt bag, you can, yeah. you can make so it So it kind of depends on the type of travel and experience you want. You didn't do Marriott's all the way across that? Um, no, no, just, <laughs> yeah, Marriott's. Uh, so, yeah, so you end up here, west, at West? Uh, no, I popped into my parents' place here yeah. and then spent a few weeks um, rejigging the bike, making it really cool. Yeah. Cafe racer style, did a bunch of work with my dad made a custom leather seat and like all this fancy stuff, made it even more uncomfortable. <laughs> and then- But cooler. But, <laughs> but cooler. <laughs> and then I got, I got delayed so I, because of some work stuff. So I didn't actually leave here till November 1st. And it was a day like today, just above freezing. And I was so cold. I drove, took the ferry across to Port Angeles and it was just, it was like snowing at points and I'm ripping along just so cold. And that I think I got one or two hotels because I was just too cold. Yeah. I was, and everything was wet. It was like raining. It was a brutal trip actually until I got to Northern California. And then it got a little better, but 
I wouldn't say it was comfortable. It was definitely an adventure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think like part of the greatest thing about traveling is like getting it being uncomfortable. Yeah. If you're comfortable, you're not learning anything. Yeah. It makes you appreciate getting yeah. out of bed. And I think that's actually, that's where I got to with the fashion stuff is I got comfortable mm. and I wasn't pushing myself anymore. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't externalize the blame. It was that I kind of got a bit complacent in my creativity and that's where the burnout really happened. You're just shooting what they needed you to shoot. Yeah. Shooting what was easy and what I knew worked. Yeah. And that was a, a surprisingly uncomfortable place to end up. Yeah. Yeah. So you made a big talk us through the change. Like yeah, I don't, well, it kind of happened over the course anymore. of like four or five years. I still do a little bit of fashion stuff, but it's more kind of moved into lifestyle advertising, which is why I went to L.A., wanted to be back near the coast, wanted to yeah shift my work to a little bit more outdoorsy stuff and more aligned with what I like to do. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you, you kind of, it wasn't a slow shift. You like cut and... Cut and run? Cut it, and it was run a bit of a cut and run, yeah. but I was still... I had old clients so I'd fly back for. Yeah. And then I was in LA and I was, to be honest, I was pretty broke in LA. Like I didn't have a lot of work. I was spending US dollars. Um, I was part-timing in a van, which was great. Surfing a ton. And yeah, just like taking meetings and trying to network and hustle. And I didn't, I got a couple of really small jobs there, but not many. And then, then I broke my back and moved up here to do rehab, which was, yeah, that's that was mental. kind of like the, the ultimate realignment in so many ways yeah you broke your you was it I was, I was body surfing in malibu after a surf session and just, just got torpedoed and yeah fractured my t12 and um messed up yeah which i feel super fortunate that it all worked out the way it did we yeah. came home and hung out with my folks a bunch and then started hanging in victoria and really enjoying it and still working a lot in toronto and a bit in la and in the more advertising realm so i don't i mean in hindsight it was kind of a a very uncomfortable jumbled transition that seems to have been seems to have worked out now <laughs> and yeah. it's kind of running again yeah yeah but so that was like four or five years to make that transition mm -hmm. over to shooting more lifestyle what yeah you, what you enjoy yeah i don't even i was maybe i think i was 32 when i left toronto and i'm almost 37. damn you're getting old damn man. i know <laughs> I shouldn't say that on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean, the like one of the cool things that as like we've got to know each other better. We met we met on Instagram, which is yeah. like a super weird, <laughs> super weird thing. I think I, like I hit you up right away, uh, like I, like when we started the brand. Yeah, I yeah. Just kind of like following. You were your still building your van. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember so. we chat we chatted. You were still in Orangeville. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, I'd like just moved back from Australia, yeah. and I I don't know, I don't remember how I found you in the, like the deep depths of. The whatever the discover page on yeah on uh there's this sick van and this dude shooting a bunch of surf stuff in, yeah in victoria so i was uh you know obviously in ca like super interested in that and as i've got to know you more like uh, you don't really put that like your commercial stuff that you do well yeah instagram always i i mean i didn't really get it it was just a place to put personal photos yeah, i yeah. used to put my coffees and my brunches and all the stuff that you should never do and instagram's changed a lot obviously yeah but um, it was never, I never viewed it as a portfolio. And then it, through not really thinking of it that way, I started putting more personal stuff and then it kind of just turned into a travel lifestyle. Like yeah, yeah my personal life yeah, captured I in no, photos. I, I had no idea that yeah. you did the commercial I work. still have people to this day yeah. who are like, oh my God, you shoot that? I checked out your website. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, it's, it's a link in my bio. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty easy to find. <laughs> it's just my name. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of, and, and that's a bit challenging though, having such drastically different bodies of work yeah yeah how do you how do you how do you balance that now i mean you still do some know. commercial work but obviously you do a ton now of like 
surf lifestyle you yeah know, stuff you've done with us too like um how do i balance that i don't know what's the i mean from your perspective obviously like you that's sort of like the lifestyle and that is where your heart is yeah i burn out on that too though really? i haven't shot a lot of personal stuff in a while i go on like long phases where i just leave a camera at home and i go out and experience it and write my journal because i've always found it really hard I think the nature, like built into taking photos, is you're an observer. You're not a participant. And I think there's mm -hmm. ways to do it where you're more participatory. I think that's the word. Yeah. But um, generally, the way I shoot is I'm a bit disengaged with the scene happening and I'm observing it. And those are the types of photos I prefer. But being in that position as a photographer is alienating in its own right. So I think sometimes when I'm on a personal missions, it's nice to be part of it not alienate yourself for the sake of capturing it yeah and not always right. being stepped back yeah like even when we months. went on that surf mission last winter in the snow um i think i only shot like four or five photos but yeah. you were most you uh, yeah because i feel like you still feel engaged when you're doing that i feel disengaged when i'm doing that yeah well i think that probably speaks to style a little bit too yeah totally yeah. style and and i do like i do it for work yeah. like when i'm doing it for fun it still feels like work a bit right yeah. like there's still a bit of that built in so disconnecting that can be really challenging yeah but that's uh, yeah. do you find that you disconnect a little bit when you shoot with like film yeah totally because yeah. you can't look at anything yeah you're it's great like you're flying blind yeah and i kind of love that i put tape over the back of my camera lots and do that too over the the fine the screen on the back yeah so you just don't see what you <laughs> yeah i like shoot. that or you can see it in the viewfinder on the sony so I'll do that, but then you, you're not like looking through, flipping through photos. You just double check on your exposure. Yeah. If you're not, yeah, if you need to. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, like w what you've, when we've worked together in the past, like we did that mission to Nicaragua, Nicaragua last yeah. year. And it was, you know, from my perspective, somebody who's like worked with photographers <coughs> through the brand and like, I consider myself a bit of a hobbyist. I'm like oh, decent. No, you're, you're a great photographer. No, Don't sell yourself short. That's a big problem from you, but, <laughs> um, you know, I, like somebody who's never worked in the industry per yeah. se, like per se it's you know a very different you know when we went, went down to Nicaragua and shot you know it was very lifestyle yeah like it was just which usually for us is like run and gun like yeah okay, we're gonna do this sick trip and we'll you know snap a bunch of photos yeah we're gonna yeah. have a camera and yeah, yeah. if we see something well okay you move here and do this and then and then we'll we'll shoot it you know and you come back totally. and you're, a lot of the time you end up being like okay we got like some really good shots of this one and then we have like no good shots of yeah. this and like and your hit rate's pretty low yeah the yeah. hit rate's low and like it's fun and i feel like that's maybe more where i feel like mm -hmm. engaged because you're mm -hmm. kind of just mm -hmm. like you're with the crew yeah, just and having you're fun. just like shooting totally um, and you can capture amazing stuff that way but it's more like your hit rate's lower and, it, and if you have like you have a clothing line if you have 10 items you got to get images of you need to me you need a bit of a plan yeah yeah, yeah which we never had yeah, <laughs> which is kind of where i wouldn't say we butted heads but we had to find common ground on yeah when we got to Nicaragua. well we did butt heads a yeah. little bit like obviously like i'm a bit of a bull in a china shop mm -hmm. when it comes to that and like yeah. a couple of the shoots were a little bit like totally you know not as smooth as i guess that's part of, like my problem too of like giving up control totally of, of yeah that, which and is, that's hard too when you when you have some of the skills too right yeah that's tricky yeah. Like if you kn didn't know how to operate a camera, it wouldn't be an issue. Yeah. So yeah. that that was like a little bit of a challenge is like obviously like giving up control yeah. and also still wanting to like feel like I, I was a part of it. And yeah. also moving from someone who typically shoots to uh, when we went to uh, Nicaragua, you kind of coached me into like a producer yeah. role. Art director. Yeah, which almost, was completely yeah. opposite to what I, mm -hmm. but that being said, working with you on that trip, like took everything that we do to a whole other level. Yeah. I mean, we did stuff like, 
you know, we'd never had a shot list yeah. before. We never had like Which inspiration. Is so, you know, so it's funny to me. Yeah, yeah. Like you I know, have that months before I shoot. Sometimes, yeah. it's, like so detailed. And we yeah. were like, you know, s- sitting like having having a beer, like putting it together in our board shorts beforehand. Yeah. So like maybe it wasn't totally as like lined up. But you know, even taking that piece of paper and we threw put through like a shot list and what uh, you know inspiration for each image yeah, and yeah. kind of what and it guided you to. G- my vision yeah of what I yeah because I, I can't see inside your brain no and yeah. that, that was obviously like probably part of the reason what we butted heads is because I was trying to like get that out yeah, without totally. any kind of like you know concrete example so that put together and like just moving through that and like even how we worked with models yeah it was like it was pretty life-changing yeah, for me I'm glad, glad from, to hear that yeah it was sick yeah. and I think that it's like pushed you know even now when we're when we're doing studio stuff or like working with other photographers we use all that every single time yeah yeah and I mean, it's changed the whole... Well, and your whole team's been growing too, right? So it's great tools for yeah, and like a growing team to be on the same page. Me getting that vision out of my head and mm-hmm. to the team, yep. man, it's fucking impossible. Like, mm-hmm. that's such a hard hard thing to do. Yeah. I think, like, anybody who is in the creative space can understand that, like, transitioning something from that's in your mind, either even into words or into examples, is, like, yeah. a next-to-impossible task. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's ever going to be perfect. Of course you know? it won't, and you don't... It's not perfect till you create it yourself. Yeah. Right. But you just need Which to show all, all the, the different examples that'll ho- yeah. hopefully get you there. So that took that was pretty sweet. Like doing that trip with you definitely pushed the brand to another level of like production quality. Yeah. For everything we do. That's fun to hear. Yeah. I, I still enjoy the run and gun. Oh, every, totally. Every yeah. I think. Then, well, and that's when we're trying that's to kind of my take is there's like they both have their space, but when you have targets to hit, you need to plan that, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that goes for everything, including photography. Yeah. So, like, looping back a little bit to that transition from shooting that, like, super secure commercial work that was just not really doing it for you mm-hmm. and taking that leap to another, I mean, essentially another c- career. Like, same space, but totally yeah, different clientele. Space, yeah, different clients, different network. Did you have, was there, like... Oh, a, yeah, there's a huge dip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, was, I was fortunate, though. I had a few really big jobs that were kind of in the transition space. Like they were still a bit fashion, but they were very big commercial jobs that came through. Actually, I had one a month after I broke my back, I had to fly back to LA and I was on set shooting and I had I had to have the camera on a monopod because I couldn't even hold it. And I, I didn't tell the client, I didn't tell anyone on set except for my assistants. And I was like, I'm probably just gonna like throw you the camera because I won't like I can't hold it anymore. So I had this guy who would just stay right beside me the whole. Actually, it was Drew. Oh stay, no! Yeah, the whole time would just like mirror me and like follow me around and like grab the camera the second I was done. And I had a big back brace under my sweater. And it was brutal. We were shooting like 12-hour days. I was in so much pain. And then they just kind of happened to come through, like kind of perfectly timed. I that I had one in in northern Ontario for a parka company, and we were like on snowmobiles and helicopters. And I was again just healthy enough to be able to do that. That was like four or five months after I did it, so I was like pretty much through rehab. What What do you? I mean, like, what do you attribute that to? Going from obviously that's a huge risk, and like it's something that when I made the transition, like I struggled. It was like years before I started to like settle into something that I felt was like yeah. fulfilling. When I left what I was doing, yeah. And, like that transitional period between the two, you had those bit of successes that kind of carried you, like those yeah. pieces that carried you through. Like what you mean? Yeah, why what do, you, do you think those happened? Yeah. Why do you? What do you attribute um, that to? I that mean, for everyone that's like thinking about this and like, pull, you know, maybe sitting in a career that they don't like, or like, yeah. you know, we get those people ask me that all the time. Totally. And it is a huge, it's a huge risk to go and do something totally yeah. different, 
and the you know the fear of failure especially if you have like dependents is yeah. like through the roof yeah and i i mean i didn't have that so yeah. i was at an advantage that way that that terrifies me too yeah but i think fear is always debilitating to people and you just have to blow through it and i think the reason it I have a belief that it's like how you show up in the world. So the reason that that stuff came through was because of the network I had and have and how I'm viewed within that network, right? So I always come up in people's mind that I'm easy to work with and do a good job or whatever. And they, it is a bit of, you could say it's fluke timing, but without my network, none of that would have happened. Yeah, and without, if timing. I showed up in the world in a different way, it wouldn't happen either. So I don't really know. I almost didn't get that one job because the producer knew I had hurt my back. And I was like, I really need this one. Like, trust me, I'll pull it off. And um, and she trusted me because she'd known me. I met. She was the producer I met when I got that first client I was talking about earlier. And I was in New York. Yeah. She, I got linked up with her through an assistant, and I didn't even know what a producer was at the time. And she calls me and she's like, Hey, I hear you need a producer. And I was like, What's a producer? <laughs> and then um, I was and like, and Oh yeah, I need do one. need a producer. <laughs> yeah. And and then so that was that was eight years previous to that. And she's gotten me, she's been one of my biggest supporters, actually. She's gotten me a lot of the biggest jobs. Like, she booked Starbucks for me, this Clinique job I was just talking about, like, a lot of the big jobs. Cool. So, yeah, so I think it's really, yeah, how you show up in the world, and that's kind of up to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and obviously you made it through it pretty pretty well. <laughs> yeah, things are going fairly well now. Yeah, things are good. I've been working. Um, how's the work-life balance? Um always a balance so it's shifting yeah yeah some some days i feel like i'm working too much some days i feel like i'm not working enough i always feel like i'm tethered to my computer too much so i'm Maybe i'm wanting to implement some of those systems where i check my email like once a day yeah or like every wednesday yeah would be ideal tim ferris yeah tim ferris style <laughs> exactly like i would love to get better at that i feel so responsible to my clients though and to people i work with yeah so i feel like in my mind, I'm, a, I'm on call all the time, but I just renegotiated actually with one of my clients that I will only check my email Wednesday and be available Wednesday for them. Um, and that kind of, that is what it is, right? Like I have a bunch of clients and I can't always, they sometimes treat you like you're their, they're your only client mm. and you have to find the balance in there too and set boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. But I've, yeah, and life's been you've good. You've worked man. up to that. You've worked up to that point. Yeah. Well. And I have an agent and she can, like, if I want to disappear for a while, I can give her the heads up and set an autoresponder and she'll take care of it. And yeah. like, that's a pretty amazing place to be. Yeah. And she's been super supportive of all these years and like has been with me through this transition where I just disappear for like a month into Baja. Well, what were her thoughts on that? Because I mean, she's, you're her, like your bread and butter for her, right? The yeah. The bigger the um, clients, the bigger. She's great. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's been really supportive, surprisingly supportive sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, really? You're okay <laughs> with this? And she also, I think <clears throat> she knows creative people are their own breed. Yeah. And she's, she's creative as well, but you, she could tell me I couldn't do that. And I'd probably be like, Oof. I'm doing it anyways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So she might as well support it maybe. Yeah. I don't know what it works out. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things I want to touch on is you, uh, you developed a course yeah so that kind of ties into our Nicaragua trip I've yeah, been this time. has been mulling around in my brain for quite a while I get asked from a lot of people like yourself <laughs> um, advice on photography and yeah. all sorts of stuff like that and on our trip I really that really opened my eyes to that piece of the puzzle the production side the planning side that a lot of people don't understand because they don't spend time on these big sets yeah because and that was a blind spot for me because it's so normal 
I, you have like a stack stack of documents when you roll on set. Yeah. And that's normal, but it's not normal, I realized. So Yeah, even for big decently sized brands, it's totally like t foreign. Yeah, it's that's like, like here's a, whole a box other of clothing, echelon. go shoot photos of yeah, it. Yeah. But when you're working for like the Air Canada's or the Clinique's or Starbucks, there's shot like very detailed shot lists. Yeah. And sometimes there's even storyboard drawings that you have to emulate. Yeah. And and that is I think it's really important to have those skills. So working with you in Nicaragua, it's like you don't need to get that detailed, but that made me realize that there is a huge opportunity for people to learn these skills and for me to teach them not one on one but create an online course. Yeah. So yeah, I worked on that a lot over the last sort Well of I've six seen the course, months. it's pretty much one on one. It's as close to one on one. Yeah, but, can but be, I mean yeah. it's one on one but not in person. So I yeah, can true. I can impact more people. Yeah. With and scale my time essentially. Yeah. Which is infinite, which is really cool. And I've had some awesome feedback on it and had one one guy on the East Coast, we connected on Skype, and he was like, this just blew my mind, it's exactly what I need. He's like, I can't believe the internet was hiding you from me. Yeah. exactly how he said That's it. That's cool. And um, it just feels good. I got, like, I like shooting. There's an impact you can have through that, but teaching people is feels really good, which it kind of surprised me. I didn't actually think I would ever get there. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. Mom, my mom's been a lifelong teacher in that respect, and yeah, I think it's a good spot to be. It's yeah. nice to have an impact. Yeah, I mean, it was nuts, like, what going from you know through that trip and learning from you yeah like face to face was unbelievable yeah like, totally that was you know everything we do now has like taken it like improved dramatically mm -hmm. because of it so That's thank awesome. you yeah that, man, was, you're that was sick um so yeah courses on court it's called how to plan and execute a lifestyle brand photo shoot mouthful lots of words yeah um we even have our segment we did in yeah it, we, we did a similar we did to this 45 minute conversation yeah but more about the inside from the brand's perspective what how photographers stand out to you yeah and i've gotten great feedback on that people yeah, really we, appreciate that we have so many people that reach out to us like um it's got to the point where like almost we can't reply mm -hmm. you know people offering photography services for instagram or content creating yeah, yeah um and you know it's awesome it's awesome to see but it's also a lot of the time, the carbon copy email mm -hmm. every single time. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what we went yeah. into. Is You're like how to Mr. or Mrs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And like not personalized. Yeah, and, you yeah. Know, um, so we, yeah. And that's a great that's a great tool to have in your toolbox too. So we've I included the templates that we created and yeah. based off of all of those. And yeah, because we've had some killer emails too where people yeah. have reached out and and we've actually ended up working with them just straight yeah. up because of the way they approached us. So. Yeah, and that knowledge is so important. So yeah. kind of wrap it all up into a course and. Um, yeah, I've had great feedback. It's been fun. I've been developing new stuff for it, like ongoing all the time. It's kind of fun to have a spot to put this stuff. Yeah, too. yeah. So it's just constantly growing. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Sweet man. Cool. So course is up on what's the website? McKenzie. Uh, we we have to put a link down there. We're there is a, a link from my website, MackenzieDuncan.com. Okay, sweet. Yeah. We'll put a link on this too. Um, yeah. and, and then we can give you guys twenty five percent off. Boom. We can get a little link there for that. Sweet. There code. you go. Everyone, twenty five percent off the yeah. the new course. Get in there. Sweet man. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I appreciate like yeah, dude. I appreciate you coming in. Your yeah. story is like super inspiring. For obviously, I sort of like went through a similar yeah. transition in life. So I think we kind of like connected over yeah, that. Definitely. And it's um, I don't know. It's cool to like see someone who did it and did it successfully and moved on to something that they're like truly passionate about without, yeah. I mean, obviously there's like the struggle in the middle to, to make it happen, but. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's always struggle, daily yeah. struggles. I, I feel like I'm still, we're creative. still like in that middle. I'm yeah. still in that middle struggle, yeah. <laughs> struggle part, but like working towards it. So to like see someone on the other side, so to speak, yeah, is, yeah. you know, pretty inspiring. So awesome, yeah. Well. yeah. All right, we'll wrap this up. We're, yeah. hit, we're hitting like 40 minutes or something. Yeah, we ran so. over. That's okay. Um, sweet, guys. Thanks, thanks everyone, for who got this far and watched. Um, we're kind of going to try to do these uh, 
sort of monthly, but whenever <laughs> we can, we're not yeah. the great really <laughs> with scheduling. Um, so we'll be back uh, and we'll kind of put out who our next guest is. I'm sure we'll have you on again, dude. Yeah, I look forward to in it. In the future. Um, thanks for coming. Hopefully I'll be feeling a bit better. Yeah. Nice. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Peace.